Oh, I'm telling you, my palms still get sweaty when I see that however many weeks later. Oh, man. I'm so excited for this afternoon, mainly because I don't have to jump, and I'm going to get to enjoy 30 of you. And the terror on some of your faces is just going to make me so happy that I'm not the only one. So it's going to be a great afternoon, and uh, we're really excited about the chance to do that together as a church family. So grateful for Amanda's story. And, and uh, isn't it the challenge? It's this... It's this dance we do, like the timing, God's timing and our, the sovereignty of God, the free will of man, trying to blend these together. Lord, how do I hear your voice? How do I know when it's the right time? And how do I see the circumstances around me? We're going to talk a little bit about that today. You know, last week we talked about this idea of fulfilling the bucket list is overcoming your fears in many regards. Talk about four fears at times that keep us on the shore washing the nets rather than, than getting into the boat, what God has called for you in your life. If God's calling, would you move? But here's the question. How, how, do, you, how do you hear the voice of God? Right? How, how do you know that it's God who's calling you? And how do you know it's in this boat and not the other boat? And uh, we'd say, you know, how do you determine, how do you sense, and how do you know the will of God for your life? Proverbs chapter 3 says it this way. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That he, here's the promise, right, will make straight your paths, that God's will for you will, will be clear. So how do you hear that voice? How do you know what that is going to be? I, I wish today I could say, listen, it's going to be just like Moses. You just need to go out, find some bush that's burning, stand in front of it, right? The voice of God, it'll be audible, it will be loud, it will be undeniable, and that's what you should know you, you could do. Now listen, God can still speak through burning bushes. God can still speak in audible voices. God can still speak through dreams and visions. But most of us have never heard the voice of God in that context. Most of us don't have, a, we've seen dreams and visions along those ways to know. So how do we know? Well, Proverbs says this, right? It says that he will make straight your paths. I shared a little bit last week about that, the idea of, of again, overcoming your fears and, and leaving the shore and, and getting into the boat. And I shared a little bit last, uh, how in my life, my last year in college, right, it was this moment of I thought I was leaving the shore to go to this boat. And I felt the Lord really tell me, actually, no, it's this where you need to go. And that change of trajectory changed my life forever along those ways. And I remember it was my senior year, I was struggling with this idea of call to ministry, it's like, this is the plan I had. This is where I think I was going. And now I, I'm, I have this unrest. And I don't know. And I sense maybe God's calling me to something different. So I grabbed coffee with one of our professors. And I said, Prof, you know, here's the deal. I'm, I'm struggling uh, with knowing. And I, if I'm hearing the voice of God, or where am I supposed to go with my life? And he shared with me something that he shared with me over 30 years ago that has stuck with me until this day, and I want to share this morning during our time, I want to share those principles that I learned so long ago that I hope are helpful. He really shared to me that there, there's five grids, are five things that you run every decision through that help you lead to how you know the will of God for your life and in that situation. And so again, I want to share those with you this morning, and I hope they are helpful, and I trust they will be. So the first grid is simply this. He said it starts, right, it, it starts with the word of God. First question is this, what does the Bible teach me? Because this really has to be, right? This has to be the foundation of our life. This is God's playbook for how we live and what we do. This is the source of truth in our life. And so it's got to begin with here. What does the Bible teach me? Billy Graham said it this way. If you are ignorant of God's word, you'll always be ignorant of God's will. 
But it begins here. There are times that we keep asking God for direction when God has already spoken. The context, certainly, of his will. Psalms 119 says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So if the Bible says it, you don't need to pray about it. Now make sure that you hear this in context, right? But if the Bible says it, you don't need to pray about it. Why? Because the will of God will never contradict the word of God. That's how I know I'm following the will of God with my life. So we need to simply ask simply the question, what is the word of God speaking to me in that situation? That's where we begin. I get a chance to meet with lots of folks, which I love to, love to do. And uh, a lot of times it, it, questions come around the context of relationships, right? I'm in a relationship. I'm trying to figure out what God's will for me in that context. And so let me just remind you a few things. In relationships, I sometimes have couples come, listen, we're, I think we're getting serious, so we're moving this next level, and you know, I think we're going to move in together, and we're getting intimate because we're saving money, but they seem like a nice person. I think it's all good. Is this okay with God? I want to just remind you, uh, again, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, right? For this is the will of God in the context of our relationship, because God wants what's best for us. This, for this is the will of God, your sanctification or your holiness, that you abstain from sexual immorality. God's clear on that. He just says, I want what's best for you. Sometimes in the context of in, in our marriage, and we're in a season where it's, it's just difficult and it's struggling, and we're not sure there's hope within in those moments, you know, Malachi 2.16 reminds us how much God loves and cares for the institution of marriage and how much he values it. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, then, this is my will for you in a context of your marriage, mutual love and mutual respect. This is what I, I want for you. God's word tells us, you know, clearly it says that we shouldn't be unequally yoked as we begin these relationships. All of these things, Bible speaks pretty clearly about why, because God wants what's best for us in that. And it's interesting of all of them, when it comes to relationships and our sexual integrity, there's a pretty good foundation that begins. God says, this is how you build it to be what's best for you in that context. Henry Blackaby said it this way, our difficulty is not that we don't know God's will, our discomfort comes from the fact that we do know God's will, but we do not want to do it. Isn't that the truth? So many times it really begins there. But there's lots of other areas, right, where the Bible gives us principles, but it doesn't necessarily give us a direct command on these areas. It, speaks, it doesn't speak specifically to the issues like, should I take this job, right? Or, or should I buy this home? Or what does life look like for me in retirement? What is it gonna be? And so when the word of God doesn't speak directly to that, the second key grid to run our, our decision through is simply this. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Right, if the word of God doesn't answer the question, I lean into times of prayer, times of listening. In those moments, is the Holy Spirit speaking anything to my heart? This is what makes this one kind of the discipline of this hard, right? Because it requires you to be silent. <laughs> it requires us to take time and to listen to the Lord. This isn't just a one-time prayer over lunch. Oh, dear Lord, tell me what to do. This is you resting in the Lord. This may include times of fasting, whatever it would be. But this is you going to the Lord with an open hand, saying, God, this is the question. This is the issue. This is the direction. I, I hold it loosely. Would you speak to me? And tell me what you have. Galatians 2.5 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Since we're leading, let's follow His Spirit. Tim Keller puts it this way. The basic purpose of prayer is not to bend God's will to mine, but to mold my will to His. 
right? I'm holding it loosely. God, move my heart as we go. So I've been time in the word. I'm spending time in prayer. What's the spirit speaking to me? The third great grid is simply this, is to seek wise counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So here's the key. What's, what's wise counsel, right? For many of us, if we're honest, uh, wise counsel may not be your BFF, right? They may be your great friend, but that's probably not wise counsel. Um, posting it on social media just to kind of get a sense for what everybody thinks about what you should do with your life. Probably not wise counsel as we go uh, on there. I, I've got a friend uh, who calls me, and he only calls me, I know when he calls, he only calls me when he wants to buy a car. Now, he's a person of means. He's so obedient with his money and generous and all these kind of things. So it's never financial. But he calls me because he knows I love cars. And he knows as soon as he tells me that he's thinking about a car and what kind of car that he's thinking about, I'll probably say yes, because I just love all the cars that he's interested in. Now, listen, that's not wise counsel. That's just an easy yes. You know what I'm saying? He just knows. I want to buy a car called Brian because he thinks they're great. So, you know, we have those kind of people in, in our lives. So what is really wise counsel? Let me give you five things to look for in wise counsel, all right? You're thinking about that kind of person. Number one is simply this. Do they have good character? Right? It's just a, a depth of their life. Is there a consistency and a character of their life? Number two, are they spiritually mature? Right? I, I've got a big decision. I want to talk to somebody that I know has walked with God at a depth that, that's encouraging to me. Number three, they give biblical perspective. In our conversations, at some point, in different, not in every situation, but in some points, do they bring in a spiritual context to this? Is there a biblical perspective that helps? That's wise counsel. Number four, they give a balanced perspective. That's why my buddy calls me on the car. There's no balance. What color is it? Oh, it's good. I think that's good. You know, there's no balance. Hey, this is what you maybe should think about. I'm excited for you for this reason, but, you know, it's just a balance to what we have. And number five is just real life experience. That's what wisdom is. So if you want to have a great marriage, look around and find somebody who's got a great marriage and that's the person you should go to for counsel and say, what have you learned? How are you, I'd like to be where you are at. Tell me the things that we do. I see, I see how you've raised kids. Help me learn. They've got those real life. I'm starting a business. We've got some amazing businessmen and women in our church who have done incredible things in business. Tell me, how did you get started? How did you keep a balance? How does faith work in the, uh, the marketplace? So find somebody with real life experience. You know, after each service, we share every week, listen, we've got a prayer team that's down front that would love the privilege to pray with you. Here's the other part with this wonderful group of men and women that are down here, is their wise counsel. We've got men and women who have walked with God at a depth for a long time. They've gone through the joys. They've gone through the pain They've had experienced the victories and the defeats. They've had relationship joys and struggles in all of them together. Listen, part of they're down here every week, not only to pray with you, but if you ever want to talk to somebody, especially if you're, you're new and you, you don't have a lot of connection with people outside of your circle, it's a wonderful resource. They're here because they love you and they've learned a lot of life, encourage you to take advantage uh, of them that are there. So the question really is wise counsel, right? Is who in your life will tell you No. That's what I always try to find, too. Is there somebody in my life who will really tell me no? If everybody just tells me yes, I'm not sure I'm getting the full counsel that's there. Another thing that, that tells us a yes or a no in our life and direction, decisions you're making, is really circumstances of life. Number four is discern life circumstances, right? 
Heavens are moving, our doors closing or our doors opening. I mean, these circumstances give me an indication of what's happening. The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 16, it's an amazing chapter. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul is meeting up with Timothy. And they're going from city to city, and they're preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Miraculous things are happening. They're going to the churches. They're encouraging the churches in their, in their growth, and, and everything is going positive. It just feels like God is opening one door after another door, and blessing and blessing is coming. We go on to Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Philegia, the region of Galashua, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Door closes. After they had come to Mishashu, they tried to get into Bethia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Bethia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Do you get the feeling what's happening here? They have spent these weeks and times going from city to city and everything is moving forward and everything's going great and all of a sudden they get to the next one and the Spirit closes the door. Well, okay. They move the next one towards the Spirit closes the door and all of a sudden circumstances seem to be sharing something to them. And now go to verse nine. And a vision appeared to Paul in a night and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision immediately he he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Circumstances, right? They, they gave direction to God's will for the spreading of the gospel for both Paul and Timothy. And if you go on to read part of their story in Macedonia, God moves in miraculous ways. But they would not have gotten there had they continued to just go to the cities they thought where they were supposed to be heading. The door to the city, the door to that relationship, right? It opens and it closes, that sounds great, but if you're like me, isn't it? Here's when I get in trouble. I get into trouble when a door closes, but it's really something I really want. You ever notice that? When that door closes, I'm really good at justifying and rationalizing. Well, I, I think I should pry that. I mean, it'll be okay and I get on the other side. Here's what I've learned. When a door closes in front of me and I have to become creative and justify and rationalize why I should get through the door, and I press my way through the door, the thing that I am forfeiting on the other side of that door, I'm forfeiting God's timing in my life. I'm forfeiting what God might have had for me that I didn't feel in the moment, but I so wanted that thing that I pushed through in order to get it. But years later, I'll look back and say, I pried through a door that was closed and it has cost me financially, it's cost me relationally, it's cost me just in the peace in a season of struggle and pain that came because I pushed through something that God had closed before me, and I knew it. Isn't that true? It's most time. You know it, but you just want it so bad. So circumstance at four. Let me give you the fifth one. Now, fifth grid, this is, this is the fun one. I like this one. Fifth one is this. What is the desire of your heart, right? What is the desire of your heart in that context? Whenever I speak of the desire of, of a heart, we always think this, that God's will for my life is something that you're going to hate, right? God's will for your life is gonna make you poor, it's gonna make you unhappy, and it's gonna make you miserable. And the more miserable I am, the more I know it's the will of God. If I'm suffering, then it really must be a godly thing. Back in the day, we used to always say, man, don't pray for God's will for your life because he'll make you a missionary in Africa. As somebody who's been a missionary in Africa four years with my family when I was a young child, it was the greatest experience we've ever had in our life. And so let me just be reminded what you think and know. But here's the desires of my heart, right, are not always necessarily wrong. In fact, some of these desires are great because they were created by God because God created me. And when God created me, he knew what would bring me joy 
in fulfillment, in satisfaction, in peace. And so those desires many times are from him. So I follow these previous four steps, right? What is the word of God? Shares. Give me a yes or a no on there. Uh, what is the Holy Spirit telling me through times of prayer? I'm, I'm seeking wise counsel that's there. I'm, I'm looking at circumstances. Is God closing doors or opening doors? And if I don't sense a no in any of those, I move forward with my heart's desire. Trusting that if I lean into God, right, in this process, that God will direct my paths. It, it's Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right? So it starts with that leaning into God, opening it with an open hand, saying, God, what do you have for me? Psalms 20, verse 4. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Here's what I love about the will of God. It's not designed to be a mystery and unobtainable. It's a journey, right? It's a journey of simply finding God's will, God's best for your life as we go. A bucket list life is a life that's lived in the blessings of being in the will of God for what God has for you. So you think about that, that's, if I could give you, that's what I really want for you today. I want you to have the joy and the confidence to walk forward in your life wherever you feel God leading and trusting in that process. I, I shared with you a little bit about my journey last week about coming to Lex City Church in, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky during those days. And I, I shared with you a little bit how last week those four fears really almost kept me on the shore rather than getting in the boat when they seemed overwhelming. So as I think about this grid, it was again around five years ago, I'm sitting in a, a fireworks tent in the month of July and I get a call from this guy named Pastor Dave. And I'm like, hmm, Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. And so we have this, this good little conversation as we go. And um, I, I go home and say, damn, I got this call from a guy named Dave in, in Lexington, Kentucky. And you know, I think it went well. And so uh, I think we're open to kind of have this conversation and see where it goes. So you begin, right? Word of God's the foundation. So I've been looking through Old Testament. New T- I can't find Lex City uh, anywhere in the Bible. I can't even find Kentucky, all right? So I know in this context, it, this isn't a obedient... God's word didn't say no, and it didn't say yes, right? So I I begin there with with knowing that. So now it's just time in prayer, right? Time listening to God. God, this seems like an an opportunity. What do I do? You know, I'd never heard in that time of prayer, I never heard, certainly didn't hear an audible voice. I never heard a yes, and I never heard a no. What I did hear with time with the Lord was a release from where I was at. Say, I don't know what the next step, but I feel confident that I can be willing to take that next step and, and see what Lord had. So that was there. I'm, I'm running through these first two. The, the word of God hasn't spoken clearly to me one way or another, yes or no. It doesn't seem to be there. Time with you in, the, in, in prayer. Um, I'm not hearing God speaking a strong way one way or another on that one. Now, this is a great point because now I'm moving to a different part of the process in determining the will of God. I've left the obedience part, and now I'm moving to the wisdom part. You see, if the word of God would point out clearly yes or no, I'm dealing with obedience, do I follow? If the Holy Spirit has spoken strongly to my heart, now I'm I'm sinning against my conscience one way or another, and that wasn't the case. And so now I'm hitting, hitting to this wonderful part where it's no longer about obedience. I'm now moving to the realm of wisdom. Does that make sense there? Now here's the wonderful part and the freeing part when you're in the realm of wisdom. There's no wrong decision you can make when you're in the realm of wisdom. You're just dealing with good, better, and best. 
Does that make sense there? I'm not, it's not a sin. I'm now in the area of wisdom, and so we're at that point. So third point, I'm feeling comfortable to move forward with this process, and so wise counsel. So I have a coffee with a few pastor friends. Interesting process. So I share a little bit there, circumstances, things are going. Uh, I'd never got a consensus of thought from wise counsel. I was hoping like this would be a slam dunk. Everyone would say yes, or everybody would say it was all over the board, right? Uh, but here was the wonderful part about spending time with wise counsel. They were people who loved and cared for me enough to speak truth. Some of that was really encouraging, and some of that was a good reality check. And at the end of that process, even though the input was different, it gave me great clarity of thought. And for you, that's one of the beauties of just wise counsel. It just allows you to, to hear and articulate and give you clarity as we go. In fact, as I was thinking about it, some of those conversations increased my four fears even greater, which I knew probably meant that I had good men in my life because they weren't willing just to say what I wanted to hear, but this is the truth that's there. So here we are. We're moving kind of long, right? So now I have wise counsel. I'm not getting clear. So I'm moving forward. Now I'm trying to discern life circumstances. Step number four. Am I getting a yes or a no? Well, I talked to Pastor Dave in uh, July, and uh, Tammy was like, well, how did it go? I said, well... I mean, I, I think it went really well. It was a good conversation. And then all of a sudden, I felt like a high school prom week when you call the girl and she never calls back. Uh, that's kind of the moment we're going through here. Uh, nothing. Beep. And it felt like forever. And all of a sudden, a door I thought was open felt very shut. And I, shared, I said, I think that's our answer. I said, uh, this door feels shut. We'll just see what the Lord has for us next. Now, here's what I learned in retrospect. I was the very first person they called and by the time you work through lots of people, it just takes lots of time. And what was probably days on my end, you know, felt like years, you know, on those times. So that was the reality of there. But the door felt shut at that moment. Okay, Lord, this is where we're at. Now the door reopens a little bit later with a call back from uh, Pastor Dave saying, hey, we'd like you to come and, uh, and uh, spend a weekend with us. And, uh, and away we go. So we we're excited about that. And I've shared it with you before. So again, it was five years ago. Between two services, we're sitting out on the, uh, the patio out here in, in those steel chairs after the first service, and, um, and my wife's very discerning, so I love to be able to just see what God's telling her. So I said, oh, babe, what do you think? How are you feeling about this? And uh, you know, she smiled and says, well, you've always talked about kind of being at a church like this, and I think it's, the, uh, it's a desire of your heart. Slam dunk, decision's over. Uh, it's such a good thing. And so today, I'm getting the joy of living my bucket life, ministry life with you and doing this together. But those five things help me walk in great freedom. Does that make sense? Those five things help me walk with, with great confidence that it has. So my question for you this morning is simply this. What does your bucket life life look like? What are the things that are there? What kind of life do you want to experience how do you want to find yourself walking in step with the will of God? So you have choices, right? All along this way, there's choices. Whose will are you going to follow? Are you going to follow your will? Or are you going to follow the Lord's will? Are you willing to submit to that process to see what God has for you? So many questions that come, right? I'm at this point. Should, should I marry this person? I, I think they're the right person. Well, again... The beautiful thing of the Word of God is it gives us some really pretty straightforward qualifiers to kind of begin that relationship, to have the relationship you always wanted, right? So you start there. Wise counsel. The beauty is wise counsel, especially in a relationship, they're not love-struck, so sometimes they can give you some perspective. 
I just always encourage you, find somebody a little bit outside of your circle. They see things that you don't see or encourage you in ways you haven't. You know, should I buy this home? Big question. In this market, should I, get a, should I buy this? Well, the circumstances, again, hold the key, right? If, if I get here to the bank and I have to creatively finance in order to afford the monthly payment, if I've got to do 13 bridge loans in order to get to this point, I just encourage you, the door's probably closed, right? And you're trying to pry this baby open. If, if that home purchase eliminates your margin in life and your joy to do the things that truly matter and, and take care of the obedience with the Lord and your giving and your generosity and all things, then the door's probably closed and that's the answer. I encourage you is just don't push through a door that seems by circumstances closed. The great part, it also goes the other way, right? When somebody tells you, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, but in your time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit puts in your soul this unquenchable fire to do this thing that everybody thinks you're crazy to do, then the beauty is, man, don't give up, right? Live that dream, fulfill that thing, trust what the Spirit's saying in your heart with great confidence. Here's the, here's the key. The key is simply in our life, is to walk forward in obedience. I always say it's easier for the Lord to, to move a turning car than one that's sitting still, right? Sometimes when we don't know the will of God, we just sit in fear and we're, and we're just paralyzed by not knowing what to do. I mean, I say walk forward. If the word of God doesn't give you clear yes or no, or this is what you should or shouldn't, great. I'm walking forward. I'm spending time with the Lord. And in my prayer time, I don't sense a strong one way or another. I don't know. Great. We're going to walk forward. We're going to have wives counsel. We're going to ask some people that we really value their input. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I'm gonna see from the circumstances that's there. And here's the deal. I'm just gonna keep walking forward in the desire of my heart. But I'm gonna say this to the Lord. God, here's the deal. (laughs) I'm gonna lean into you and I'm gonna keep walking forward in the desire of my heart. But here's my commitment. The moment I sense that you have shut the door, I'm gonna stop. The moment I sense that you say no, I'm gonna stop, halt, seek you more, try to understand it. But in the absence of that moment and those circumstances, then I'm going to move forward in the desires of my heart and see where you will move and how you'll use me in such a powerful way. And I love the idea, right? Five things that run the choices, the grid of the choices of your life through. Five ways to submit to the victory and the joy and the beauty of living in the will of God. So that was 30-some years ago. <laughs> Shared simple five things over bad coffee. But it's changed my life in so many ways. It's taken the most difficult and challenging decisions of life and taken a lot of pressure off to know, in the early sense, God, I'm dealing with obedience. Well, I'll be obedient to what I, your word and what you've clearly told me. After that point, I'm living in the wonderful realm of wisdom. You can't make a wrong choice. I'm just going to make a good, better, or best choice. There's sometimes more pressure in the wisdom, but I can just enjoy that. Sometimes I, I think if we're not careful, we think of the will of God of being so small. If I miss this one decision, God, I missed a blessing on your life forever. If I, if I was supposed to take this job in this city and I actually I missed it and I took this one, God, you, you get, no. I think the will, personal opinion, I think the will of God is really broad. Within the obedience of the first part, the rest we deal in wisdom. Pray for you today, whatever you're going through, whatever God's decisions are before you in these days and the months and years to come, that you can just rest. The will of God was not designed to be a mystery and unobtainable. God says, I will make straight your path. So lean into God and let him direct your ways. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for just 
your love for us and your desire for us to live within your best for our lives. God, your desire for us to live within the blessing of your will for us. A will that has a lot of freedom and a lot of choices, but a will that requires us to hold things loosely. Your will that requires us to be obedient, to listen to the smallest voice, but your will that allows us to walk forward in confidence, in joy, in victory. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for spending part of your Sunday morning with us. We are so glad and such a privilege to do that. Hey, do me a favor this afternoon. As you look up at the sky, <laughs> say a prayer. Uh, for those of us that are heading out there, we're going to have a wonderful time. I want to remind you in two weeks, one of our favorite mornings always is baptism morning. In October uh, 3rd, we're going to have baptism service. And so if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and have never been baptized, gone public with your faith, we'd love to invite you to be a part of that service. If you go to lexcity.info, uh, there's a place you can sign up and be a part of that. This afternoon before skydiving, we're going to have a wonderful joy. We've got parent-child dedication that we're going to be doing here in just a little bit and so grateful for the families in our church and uh, them just acknowledging the Lord that these children are a gift from him and dedicating back. So we're going to be getting a chance to do that this afternoon. Well, have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. We'll look forward to seeing you back next Sunday for the final series and bucket list. We'll see you then.